Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 1 If you, Israel, will return, then return to me, declares the Lord. If you will put your detestable idols out of my sight and no longer go astray. 2. And if in a truthful, just and righteous way you swear, as surely as the Lord lives, then the nations will invoke blessings by him, and in him they will boast. 3. This is what the Lord says to the people of Judah and to Jerusalem. Break up your unplowed ground, and do not sow among thorns. The Lord is teaching his people how to repent. He says they have to desire to follow him, and then they have to get rid of all of their idols and their false religion, and then they have to break up the fallow ground. And this is a metaphor. When a field hasn't been plowed for a long time, then the ground is really hard and it's difficult to plow. And he's saying that their souls and their hearts are hard and difficult to plow, but they need to break up the fallow ground. In other words, they need to be broken in spirit so that they will have tender hearts that the Lord can then plant his harvest into, meaning that he can help them grow and be fruitful spiritually, develop spiritual character, and spread his kingdom. But right now, the ground of their souls is very hard, and the Lord can't plant there. 4. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Circumcise your hearts, you people of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, or my wrath will flare up and burn like fire because of the evil you have done. Burn with no one to quench it. He says, I will light you on fire. Now this is spiritual, but it also refers to judgment day, because those who never repent will go into eternal fire. And that fire is real. It's not imaginary. But he says, I will bring the fire of my wrath into your lives if you don't repent. And he tells them to circumcise their hearts. They were already circumcising the male body because it was part of the ordinance and they didn't mind following ordinances, but they didn't follow the Lord. Physical circumcision is only a metaphor for spiritual circumcision, which means repenting of your sins, getting all the filth out of your life. Because with physical circumcision, it makes you physically cleaner because the foreskin holds in filth, bacteria, and diseases. So you're actually cleaner when you're circumcised. But when you have a circumcised heart, your heart becomes clean because it isn't full of filthy sin. 5. Announce in Judah and proclaim in Jerusalem and say, Sound the trumpet throughout the land. Cry aloud and say, Gather together. Let us flee to the fortified cities. Trouble is coming from the north. That will be the Babylonians coming in, because remember we've stepped backward in time prophetically. When we read the book of Isaiah, even though he lived before Jeremiah lived, he was prophesying about a future time after Babylon is conquered. But Jeremiah is prophesying closer to the present tense, in his time, when Babylon first takes over Jerusalem. So this trouble from the north is Babylon. 
they will sound a trumpet showing that their army is coming, and the people of Jerusalem will try to hide and run. 6. Raise the signal to go to Zion, flee for safety without delay, for I am bringing disaster from the north, even terrible destruction. He says, I am bringing destruction, it's coming. You should repent so that I will be merciful to you. But if not, you're going to have to run from the Babylonians. 7. A lion has come out of his lair. A destroyer of nations has set out. He has left his place to lay waste your land. Your towns will lie in ruins without inhabitant. And that's because the Babylonians would not only conquer towns, but they would also take prisoners of war and slaves back to Babylon. 8. So put on sackcloth, lament and well, for the fierce anger of the Lord has not turned away from us. Jeremiah is telling the people, their time for mercy has ran out, unless they repent. Now the people didn't listen to Jeremiah. They kept clinging to their false gods and trying to be more powerful than Babylon, instead of listening to the Lord and repenting. Sackcloth is what you wear when you're repenting. It's a very uncomfortable, coarse garment, and you wear it because you're in mourning for your sins. 9. In that day, declares the Lord, the king and the officials will lose heart, the priests will be horrified, and the prophets will be appalled. The priests and the prophets are going to lie to King Zechariah and tell him that he can conquer the Babylonians, which isn't true. He won't believe Jeremiah's true prophecy that he must humble himself before the Babylonians, so he won't be prepared to humble himself when the Babylonians come, and instead he'll be terrified, because Zechariah expected to fight the Babylonians, but then when they arrived, he knew that he couldn't fight them. Then I said, Alas, sovereign Lord, how completely you have deceived this people and Jerusalem by saying, You will have peace, when the sword is at our throats. The Lord allowed the other prophets to falsely prophesy that King Zechariah could defeat Babylon. Yet at the same time, he allowed Jeremiah to prophesy the truth that the Israelites would never defeat Babylon. We'll read about this later, but the Lord was testing King Zechariah and the people to see if they would believe a lie or the truth. 11. At that time, this people and Jerusalem will be told, A scorching wind from the barren heights in the desert blows toward my people but not to winnow or cleanse. Winnowing is when you separate the grain from the chaff so that you can use the grain to eat it. And that is a type of cleansing. He says a warm wind is coming, but it isn't going to cleanse us. It's just going to punish us. The Babylonians weren't there to cause the Israelites to stop sinning. They were there strictly to punish the Israelites. 12. A wind too strong for that comes from me. Now I pronounce my judgments against them. The Lord says it's a strong wind because it's from me. He enabled Babylon to be powerful, in part so that Babylon could conquer Israel as punishment. 13. Look, he advances like the clouds, 
His chariots come like a whirlwind. His horses are swifter than eagles. Woe to us, we are ruined. Babylon came on strong, but that was only because the Lord allowed Babylon to be powerful. 14. Jerusalem, wash the evil from your heart and be saved. How long will you harbor wicked thoughts? The Israelites still had sin in their hearts, meaning that they still desired to worship idols, even though trouble was coming. 15. A voice is announcing from Dan, proclaiming disaster from the hills of Ephraim. The Danites did have some tribal members that were on the north side of Israel, but Ephraim and Dan, their main territories were just north of Judah, and the Babylonians were coming for Jerusalem in Judah, so they would be the first to see the Babylonians coming. 16. Tell this to the nations. Proclaim concerning Jerusalem. A besieging army is coming from a distant land, raising a war cry against the cities of Judah. Remember in the last chapter he said the tribes of Israel had already been attacked by Babylon, and now the Babylonians are coming for Judah. 17. They sounded her like men guarding a field, because she has rebelled against me, declares the Lord. Just as he said in the last chapter, the people of Judah copycatted what the other ten tribes of Israel did by worshiping idols. 18. Your own conduct and actions have brought this on you. This is your punishment, how bitter it is, how it pierces to the heart. I'm thankful that the Lord punishes us, because if he didn't punish us now, when we're still alive, then we would never repent, and on judgment day we would go to hell. But because of his love, he punishes us severely at times for our sins, while we're still alive and we have time to repent, just as a loving father would discipline a child who he wants to grow and develop properly so that they don't end up in prison when they're an adult. If you are being punished for your sins, thank God and repent. It's way better to get punished now, no matter how difficult it is, if it changes you, than to never get punished and on judgment day be sent to hell. 19. O oh, my anguish, my anguish, I writhe in pain. O oh, the agony of my heart, my heart pounds within me. I cannot keep silent, for I have heard the sound of the trumpet. I have heard the battle cry. This could be Jeremiah speaking, saying that his heart is dropping because the Babylonians are coming for his people. Disaster follows disaster. The whole land lies in ruins. In an instant, my tents are destroyed, my shelter in a moment. This is prophecy, which means it hasn't happened yet. But Jeremiah can see this happening in the near future, that the Babylonians are destroying his people and his land. 21. How long must I see the battle standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? Because it's so painful knowing that the offending army is taking over your land, you feel emotionally exhausted and you are wondering when will this end? 22. My people are fools. They do not know me. They are senseless children. They have no understanding. They are skilled in doing evil. They know not how to do good. 
And that's the Lord speaking, saying, His children are so wicked, they instruct themselves in evil, but they won't learn to do good. Have you ever known somebody who was instructed in evil? They knew how to mix all the drinks. They knew all about drugs. They knew all about how to get somebody in bed within a few hours' time. Maybe they knew how to commit robbery, or they knew how to manipulate and always get what they wanted out of people. But they weren't skilled in knowing the laws of the Lord and how to obey. And that's the skill that we actually need. 23. I looked at the earth, and it was formless and empty, and at the heavens, and their light was gone. During battle, the sky gets very dark. Because of dust and debris and fire, the sky becomes dark and hideous looking. 24. I looked at the mountains, and they were quaking. All the hills were swaying. This could be a spiritual metaphor. It could also be that the Babylonians were actually causing minor earthquakes because of the pounding of their cavalry, or even if they had bombs or something else that was shaking the land. 25. I looked, and there were no people. Every bird in the sky had flown away. And of course they would with all of that commotion. And an army ravishes the land. They cut down trees and they do other destructive things to the land that would cause animals to run. 26. I looked, and the fruitful land was a desert. All its towns lay in ruins before the Lord, before his fierce anger. That's partly because the Babylonians would trample over the land and destroy it, and it could also be because after they took prisoners, there was nobody to irrigate or plant in the land and over time it just became desolate. 27. This is what the Lord says, The whole land will be ruined, though I will not destroy it completely. 28. Therefore the earth will mourn, and the heavens above grow dark, because I have spoken and will not relent. I have decided and will not turn back. The Lord was actually so gracious that he took this long to make this decision. Because the people of Israel and the people of Judah were worshiping idols for dozens of generations, and they absolutely refused to repent. Even when Judah had God-fearing kings, a lot of times there was still a little bit of idol worship going on, even when the kings were preventing it from happening for the most part. So the people were just relentlessly determined to sin against the Lord. And after many generations, he finally brought this calamity on them. Yet he says that he won't destroy the land completely. And this reminds us that it's because it is his holy land. And also because he always saves a remnant of his people. And they would need somewhere to live and some crops to eat. Jeremiah was within that remnant of people that were saved and allowed to stay in Judah. 29. At the sound of horsemen and archers, every town takes to flight. Some go into the thickets, some climb up among the rocks. All the towns are deserted, no one lives in them. When people heard the arrows coming, and they heard the horses from Babylon, they ran as fast as they could into the hills to hide in the rocks, 
This is something that the Israelites did any time they were attacked from foreign armies. They would hide in caves in the rocks. Thankfully, the Lord provided them with those hiding places. And that's another reason why the towns are deserted. 30. What are you doing, you devastated one? Why dress yourselves in scarlet and put on jewels of gold? Why highlight your eyes with makeup? You adorn yourself in vain. Your lovers despise you. They want to kill you. This is a metaphor about the Israelites trying to make themselves look good to the pagan nations. Idol worship always makes you want to live the rich life, because the demon idols promise that you're going to be rich, famous, and have everything that you want, so that makes you more materialistic. Demons encourage materialism and selfishness. He says, your lovers despise you, meaning those who you think are your friends and they and you think that they're impressed by you, those nations will turn on you. The surrounding pagan nations weren't going to help the Israelites. 31. I hear a cry as of a woman in labor, a groan as of one bearing her first child, the cry of daughter Zion gasping for breath, stretching out her hands and saying, Alas, I am fainting, my life is given over to murderers. A woman in labor is often a metaphor in the Bible for a land that is coming into destruction and ruin. It isn't because there's anything bad about giving birth, but it's because when you go into labor, there's nothing that you can do to stop it. Dead or alive, that baby is going to come out. Once labor begins, you can't press a reverse button. The Lord's saying, I'm not going to press the reverse button. When they come, they're going to come all the way. You're not going to be able to get out of this. So the Lord is telling the people of Judah, Babylon is definitely coming, and I'm not going to change my mind. Even if you repent, I won't change my mind. However, I will have mercy on you if you repent. So we'll have to take note of that when we're reading the rest of this book. And that concludes Jeremiah chapter 4.